to sip with joy it's the season finale Woo! i made it through another season guys and i'm proud of myself because i'll be wanting to throw the towel in sometimes but you all keep me going week after week so welcome back again to sip with joy a podcast about a girl her wine and her feelings and i am that girl joy m hutton serial entrepreneur and lover of food and wine and today's wine guys i'm bringing back the prosecco because we got the master champagne in the house so i had to bring a, a prosecco out so uh this is actually Issa ray's uh prosecco via ray so you know where to find out more about this on sip with joy uh the instagram page at sip with joy i'll talk about it on the sip of the day so I want to go ahead and get right to it with our guest. We have, uh, well, today's episode is called Life Happens, Champagne Helps. <laughs> so um, I, because God knows champagne definitely helps. And, you know, listen, between a, just a drink helps, you know, I don't know about y'all, but a drink helps. So, um, but yes, I have a special guest for you guys today. I have Cornelius. Thanks for having me. Of course, and thank you for being here. I'm so excited. I was like, this is the perfect way to end the season. Pop, you know, <laughs> pop and champagne, you know. Um, so um, first, I got to ask you, what are you sipping on? Oh, I am sipping on wine. I'm sipping, let, me, let me put the put the <laughs> glass down and grab the bottle. So I'm sipping on some, but twice you probably can't see the label because of my um because of my light, but it's Patois Morissette. It is a 100% um, Chardonnay um, Grand Cru from um, Marcel Serger. So we're drinking on some nice, zesty, very zippy Chardonnay from Champagne. Okay, I like it. Listen, y'all better take some notes today, okay? Um, so, hey, Mommy. Hey, Rhonda. Okay, oh. She's telling me it's hard for me to, uh, she's having a hard time hearing me. Not you, it's me. Okay, I just got to get close to the mic. Every time I'm with a guest, I always want to lean back and get comfortable, but I got to be all up on the mic. Hey, hey, um, the, the more comfortable, the more easy the conversation is. So yes, I'm yes. Okay, so I mentioned I'm drinking Issa's Prosecco. So have you had it yet? Have you had it yet? I have not. I, it's definitely on my list. Definitely on my list of things to, uh, things to try. Uh, I always, I'm always interested in celebrity wines, so it's definitely on, on my list. But uh, I, I do have a bottle of the Defro Sparkling that um, I will be trying soon, so I'm excited to try that. Okay, that's yeah, that's interesting. Um, excited to hear about how that tastes as well. So um, this is actually pretty good. It's very light, um, <laughs> and it's. Um, consider extra dry which is okay. not brute you know so it's not as dry as the brute and people may think extra dry is is actually drier than brute but it's yeah the terminology is weird when it's it comes to bubbles when they say yeah it's so weird so it's actually sweeter than a brute nice <laughs> nice does, does, does it have a lot of green apples you get a lot of green apples in that i do okay it's green okay. apple it's pear <clears throat> man went down the wrong way green apple pear a little bit of peach um apple. okay so um you didn't start off in champagne so give us a little background on your education and how this even happened 
Well, I like to say that my wine journey is probably the greatest accident that ever happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was um, in construction management. I was a project director for a small cabinetry company um, based out of Stafford, Texas. And um, they wound up getting bought out by um, a larger firm. And you know, you know how that goes. You ever been in business? You know how mergers go. There's a department that has to go. And my department was the one that went. And I was fine with that. I, I put in a good seven years. Uh, did really, really good with them. Um, at the time, I was a newlywed. You know, I did like most people do. You know, you, you sit back and you know you gather yourself, get unemployment. Right. Uh, the money got to come. The unemployment not gonna last forever. Got to pay the bills. Got to pay the bills. Got to pay the bills. Yeah. So um, got to the point to where you know unemployment was coming to an end. So I had to find something. And um, at the time, I was working on a personal project. Uh, I was trying to open up a cigar lounge um, in Midtown. And I decided that, you know, well, I still got to work. Like you said, I got to pay the bills. Right. So I was like, you know, I'll apply to work overnight. You know, if, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, let me tell you, child care is expensive. <laughs> it's a mortgage. Yeah, it's, it's basically a mortgage. Excuse me. <laughs> So I was like, well, you know, I can find an overnight job and then I could watch my son, um, who is my oldest boy now, Trey. I could watch him in the daytime and that would save us, you know, daycare. Yeah. So I applied to Kroger's um, and they actually reached back out to me, which was a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, Kroger's off Sweetwater and, um, and Sugarland. Mm-hmm. So I went to the interview. And what you guys see now, how I'm dressed, if you see me in the streets, suited and booted. <laughs> yeah, I'm always suited and booted. Always. That, that is me all day, every day. If you catch me dressing down, I'm probably was at home doing some work or just <laughs> lounging around. All right. So, uh, but I went to the interview and she was like, you are way too qualified for this job. Mm-hmm. And so I, I asked her, I was like, listen, I told her my situation. I said, hey, I got to do something like whatever it is. I'll be a bagger. You know, I'll be a cashier. Right. Um, I just need something. I just want to try, try and provide for my family. And she was like, you know, but well, we do have this wine store position that's open. And at the time, I didn't know anything about wine. Right. This was in um, 2013. Wow. And um, I was like, I don't know anything. She's like, it, it'll be fine. I was like, well, who do I have to, who I have to work with? She's like, you're a one-man show. I was like, okay, well, do I have to wear the Kroger blue shirt? If you know Kroger's, you got to wear the blue shirt at Kroger. She was like, no, you can dress just like you're dressing. I was like, for real? She was like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, like, cool. Put on my suit. <laughs> yeah, I can, you can wear your suit, you know. It's all good. And it's just me. I don't have any employees under me. I am a one-man army. I was like, even better. Right. But she was like, well, you have to go through this real rigorous wine training. I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, well, I got this apartment. It was only two rows, okay? It was um, two rows of wine, um, two aisles, basically. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, okay, well, I just need to learn the wines that's on my shelves, and I'll be good. And that conversation changed my life. Yeah. And um, Miss Sylvia is still a good friend to this day, and uh, we still keep in communication. I tell her, if I, if I, I reach out to her, I've told her, thank you so much. She tells me back, like, stop. Like, nah. That's amazing. Uh, but that's but that's actually how I got started in the wine industry and meeting my mentor, uh, Mr. Jaime De Leon, who was the uh, wine steward at the Kroger's off Shepherd and Ten. 
Um, if you go there to this day, um, the way it's set up now, with the um, they have an actual bar there. Yeah. And, and if you go uh, to most Kroger's, they have four level shelves on the aisles. Um, but at his store, they have five. Mm. And the top, the top shelving at the Kroger's on Shepherd um, and Ten is out of items that he personally picked out while he was there. Wow. So that's how much he was um, influential into wine and um and he was one still to this day who has been a part of my life and has changed my life also wow that's an amazing story talk about a, a divine intervention and just what? putting you on a path like your divine path that's crazy yes like you yes. said it happened by accident but was it really by accident no it's no it, it, it was god it was truly god's divine that purpose truly truly god's divine purpose and, and um, for them to take the risk on you too even though you know like you said you were applying to kroger but working in the wine department like for you to be under the stewardship of you know someone who knew wine very well so that that's awesome terrence senegal said you knew a bit about the spirits maybe not wine oh that's my line brother so yeah so uh, in, in regards to that i i, I am an alpha Hence the colors, you know, yes, I found this day, is, I found this day is Monday. So, you know, as we like, as we've been saying, if you're out, if your feed on Instagram gets filled by the alphas, it's because I found this day on Monday. I just happen to be wearing black and gold too. There you go. See, you, 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 <laughs> uh, but no, but, um, I used to make, I used to make, you know, every fraternity and sorority has like their drink. Yeah. And I, I am the, I was the alpha punch maker in my chapter when i was on campus so mm -hmm. that that's that's where he gets that from so i guess i had a, I, I dabbled in it before i even knew i was gonna be dabbling yeah so. exactly i love it so you are a master of champagne which is yes, an absolute amazing feat so shout out to you for you. going through that rigorous training because y'all it's not easy especially when you're going through the court of masters like it's not easy. It's not it's easy. Not. And not only that, you are the first black Texas master of champagne, right? Yes, ma'am. Look, I want to see some claps in the chat for this brother. Um, so how many are there total? Master of champagnes or African-Americans? Well, both. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not certain about either or. Okay. I do know about... Um, if I can speak on my journey, how I became mm -hmm. became a master of champagne, um, I, I have to give all honors and praise to uh, Miss Julia um, Coney, who is who was the one who set me on this path mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Uh, she started the Black Wine Professionals and started a scholarship uh, with Laurent Perrier and uh, offered ten scholarships uh, to. Uh, African Americans to start on this journey of becoming um, a master of champagne, and I was uh, one who was blessed to do so. Uh, and she is, she has, and has been a mentor of mine since being on my champagne journey. Mm -hmm. And so I, <laughs> I, you know, I I started on it. It started in 2020. I got accepted. It was ten of us, mm -hmm. and I think out of the ten of us, I think seven of us have passed the test. Okay. Seven of us have passed the test and the other three, I think they just haven't taken a test and that they failed. They think they haven't taken a right. test. Uh, but there are there are a few 
um, are a few African Americans who are who do hold that prestige title of uh, Master of Champagne as well. But I will get those exact numbers. I will get those. Okay, no, that's cool. Um, so about the process. So how long from the studying to the actual certification? How long did it take you? Oh, so um, got accepted in twenty twenty. Um, and you have like, like when you do it, it's based at your own pace. It's the Wine Scholar Guild, so it's at your own pace. Um, but the moment that you sign up, uh, you have a year to take it. Okay. So I took my test in the summer of 2021, and I found out my results in September of 2021. So it's about a year. Okay. But it's, it's, it's very, very rigorous. You got to have, and like I try and tell people, it's, you have to have a lot of discipline. Yeah. Because it's at your own pace. You know, nobody's going to, it's no sit down weekly, um, you know, meet with a group and study. Even though, you know, I kept in contact with my colleagues and we discussed and put, you know, through things off each other every now and then. But it's all on you. Right. Um, you know, champagne was my passion. That's always been like my personal drive. So why you know, champagne? Was, why champagne? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, because champagne is just as complex as me. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's it's a beautiful thing, but it's complex. It's a complex, yeah. beautiful, beautiful thing, and that's always. I'm a big history person. Yeah. Um, taught history for um, six years, middle school and high school, and I always loved the story behind Champagne, mm-hmm. and so it always attracted me. And um, once I passed becoming a certified sommelier through the Court of Masters, um, my mentor asked me, and well, he asked me, told me he was like, "Hey, we'll take a break." Uh, but to stay active in your studies, find one region, you know, you have the blueprint on how to study, uh, but you know how to dive deeper. So find one region that you want to learn about. And um, that region was Champagne. I just never left. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been there for 10 years now. Okay. Well, not a bad place to be. <laughs> it's not a bad place to be. Not a bad place to be yeah. at all. I, I, would, I do not and will not complain at hey, all. Me either. So what are some challenges that you've had entering this industry? Because like anything else, you know, nothing comes easy, right? I would say um, um, first and foremost is um, being a first in anything is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, That is that is probably one of the greatest challenges because there is nobody you can talk to. so, you know, you're trying, you basically learn a lot of things on the fly, uh, even with dealing with having mentors and things um, and being in certain uh, platforms and, and dealing with certain progress. Um, there's some things that even mentors can't answer. You have to try and figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, having a great spiritual walk, um, having um, a great close family foundation around you. Um, even in times, which I've talked to a lot of uh, brothers and sisters on in this industry, and when they tell their family they get into wine, just like mine, they think, like, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get them to understand, you know, my mom and dad are like, you just want to drink. Right. Well, I, 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 I'm not, I wasn't a drinker before. I, that never was my thing. Um, but trying to get people around you to understand, you got to have a, a really close, um, a really close wine family. I'm not going to suggest your family. A really close wine family mm-hmm. and um and i had that i was blessed to have a really close wine family that held me accountable mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't look like me mm-hmm. i was the only one that was in my group that was like me yeah 
Um, and that's something you have to deal with also is that uh, being being African-American and uh, I know we have, you know, have a lane now that's that's killing it in the white industry. But when I first got started, that lane wasn't even created. Right. Um, and so you got to be comfortable in uncomfortable spaces. Yeah. And a lot of us, um, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I only can speak for myself. Um, and it's crazy how God works. And, and, I, and I say this, like, I say it mean this is that when I was growing up, I played baseball. I was great in baseball. Um, I played baseball. For, I went all the way to college and played baseball at Southern University. Mm -hmm. All the way into college was, college was the first time I played with, like, a true, fully black team. Right. Growing up in my life, growing up even where I grew up at, I played with a lot of white kids. I was only, used to being the only black on the team. And what's crazy why I say that is because once I got in the wine industry and got into those settings, I was already comfortable. I didn't understand that at the time. I used to ask my dad, like, why is there nobody here that looks like me? Yeah. And he was like, you don't understand it now, but you'll understand it later. <laughs> and seeing where I am now, those conversations made sense. I love that because, yeah, it prepares you to be in the real world, you know. So I know we were talking before we got on the show, and I was like, oh, wait, we need to come back to this. Yeah. So how do you or how have you broken out of the so-called black box, you know, and people's perception of you? Because I know, you know, you said when you first kind of got into the industry, you felt like you had to put on one persona and then you know then you just like you know what f it i'm just going to be who i am but can you talk a little bit about that absolutely um when i first got into the industry um to the wine industry i did feel that i felt that i couldn't be authentically 100 percent cornelius mm -hmm. i felt like i had to um put on a voice or act a certain way or talk a certain way or move a certain way or, um, in order to appease you know, my colleagues and, you know, my friends or whatnot. You know, in the confines of us studying, absolutely. Um, but the more and more that I worked the tables and did mock exams, because when you're doing a mock exam, especially during the quarter masters, the key thing about studying and doing those things is you have to have swag. Yeah. And that's what I meant to him. He, he used to tell me that. Yeah. Personality is what kills at the table. Nobody wants anybody to be robotic. Mm -hmm. And so um, I remember watching um, Psalm and watching Dylan Proctor from Dallas, who is basically was my first yeah. unknown mentor. Just watching him. I watched the movie a million times. Yeah. And watching him, how he dressed, how he carried himself as a black man in this. Mm -hmm. And um, it showed me that, okay, you can be you. Mm -hmm. You can be you, you can have that swag. You don't have to be robotic. You don't have to change who you are, just be yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I just had a moment, you know, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna grow my hair, I'm gonna wear braids. You know, I'm going to authentically be 100% Cornelius. And I felt proud of that moment because before, it was like, I knew I wasn't being honest with myself. I love what I was doing. I love what I was doing. I just didn't love the person that was doing it. But and now I can be like, I not being able to be yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So now it's like, you know, I'm 100% Cornelius. Yeah. 
Cornelius, um, like I said, I have a great support system professionally and personally. And they have allowed me to express myself in those ways that I am I'm very, very proud of. So yeah, it, it's it's but it's something that you have to uh one know and understand one professionally where you're at, mm-hmm. uh, who you work for, everybody's different. Right. Um you know, but you have to, at the end of the day, you have to be authentically real and true to who you are. Yeah. Yes, you do. You will be miserable, and then it's not fun anymore. It's not. I mean, hey, like they said, the saying goes, if you do, when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Exactly. And I can honestly say, as, as stressful as my job, job, I mean, let's just say job, jobs are, <laughs> um, I, I don't really feel like it's work. I feel like I am entrusted over um, a very, very great group of people. And God has presented me to one. This is like my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to show the power of what he does and what he can do. And so I'm very, very grateful and thankful yeah. for that. Good. I love that. So do you think, you know, Kind of going back to blacks in the industry, do you think mm-hmm. that blacks place limitations on themselves in this industry? I think that, I think that, yes, and in, in, in a way that we, in a way we do, mm-hmm. um, I think that we're we're taking the moment that we have, yeah, um, and making it seem like we've been doing this for a long time and we haven't and we need to be more inclusive and and encouraging of each other mm-hmm. um I, I would love for us to have a more inclusive space yeah um instead of an individualistic space um because we all have resources um that can benefit us um collectively and in this system and this system this wave that we have going on right now, which I think is phenomenal. There's so many great people that I can talk, I could probably say names for about 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> people who are all doing great things. Um, I just want us to have a more inclusive space for everybody, men, women, um, African-Americans that can, can, that can put us in a space of being here right. long-term instead of short-term. Yeah, we need to because listen, the, the the you know all the all the attention will die down at some point. They start pulling that money and <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it, it it's it's kind of it's kind of like this. I'm I'm a person about I'm a person that really believes in things that are genuine, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that a lot of things we haven't received in the last three years aren't genuine. I just believe a lot of things we receive is by force. Right, we forced mm-hmm. a lot of pockets and. Once those pockets are, you know, those debts have been fulfilled, what are we going to do with this space? Right. We have to have us, we have to come up with a way for us to be, you know, sustainable in this space long term. We just can't just ride a wave and it just die away. This is not a fad. Yeah, we got to have a real plan. (laughs) Exactly. We have to have a real plan. And I think, like I said before, it's only going to work if we come together collectively. Absolutely. All right. We got to, y'all heard Cornelius, we got to come together. <laughs> got to come together, man. Come it's, together. It's... <laughs> um, 
So what are some common misconceptions about champagne? Because you know, people want to pop bottles when it's a celebration, but there are other ways to drink champagne. So what, what are some common misconceptions that you hear about champagne? First and foremost, um, great question, by the way. First and foremost, champagne is a wine, okay? There's, there is not wine and then champagne. Right. They're both the same. Yes. Um, the only difference between champagne and Pinot Noir or Cabernet Sauvignon or Chardonnay is that it just goes through the process that those wines go through just twice. Mm -hmm. That's the only difference. So put them in the same category. Yes. That's first and foremost. It, it is a wine. <laughs> um, secondly, uh, drink it more than just for a celebration. Well, I, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy that people love to drink champagne, you know, baby christening or, you know, marriage, divorce party or promotion <laughs> or, you know, um, any celebration in life. But you can drink uh, champagne um, every day. Yes. And it pairs, it, it's really the best wine. It pairs well with everything. It does. It pairs um, so much. The only one I said, the only type of food I said kind of clashes with a little bit, depending on what type of champagne you have, is probably spicy food. Yes. And that's just because of the acid, right. um, the natural acid that comes from it. But it pairs well, pairs well with everything. Um, also, is that another thing is that even though champagne is a wine, it is a lifestyle. Champagne is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's, it's more than just a beverage. It is how you carry yourself. It's how you dress. It's the swag. It, it is the swagger of wine. It's about having that, having that glass in your hand. You see that beautiful lady or you see that handsome man. You know, you present your toast and you make that wink. You gotta have your champagne wink. Across the room, gotta have it. Gotta have your champagne. It's a lifestyle, and that's another thing. There's no other wine. I can honestly say this: there's no other wine that's associated with a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not just a beverage. The beverage is a cherry on top. It's a cherry on top. It's the whole lifestyle. Yes, I love that. And then also educate the people on champagne like actual champagne because not all sparkling wine is champagne absolutely so it's the basic basic rule of thumb that we like to use with that yes. every champagne is a sparkling but every sparkling is not a champagne yes but my people bel-air is not champagne i love rick ross i love him i love his music phenomenal i, I get that a million times yes. i want to buy some bel-air champagne it's not champagne it's not, champagne. It's not. I will say this though, the Lux, the white bottle does come from Burgundy. So it's come more like a Cremant de Bergogne. Mm -hmm. So also in regards to that is that most sparkling wine, well, all sparkling wine that comes from France outside of Champagne, you get this term called Cremant. Mm -hmm. So you have Cremant de Bergogne, Cremant de Alsace, Cremant de uh, Bordeaux, uh, Cremant de Loire, Cremant de Jura, those all places make sparkling wine, but they cannot legally call it champagne. Champagne is really like the CIA of wine. If you put champagne on something, they are coming for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> they are not playing. Even, even if even your clothes, if you say I got a champagne suit on, you promote it. <laughs> we'll get a letter from the CIBC saying you cannot 
call no. it champagne. champagne. They are not playing. They Miller Miller High Life. Oh my Everybody God. had an uncle that drink Miller High Life. It's called the Champagne of Beer. Miller High Life gets a lawsuit every year. That is so funny. Um, yeah. What? Let me see. Uh, I'm trying to see. I saw somebody say something about some Hennessy. Oh, Terrence said, biggest misconception, black folks don't drink champagne. We only drink Hennessy. <laughs> okay, let me, let, me tell, let me tell you a funny story. <laughs> funny story about that. There was a guy in... A guy in New York. I can't remember what side of New York he was from. His name was Branson B. We all know Puffy. We all know Biggie. All that. Branson B. Actually was the person that put like champagne into hip hop. He was a weed dealer in New York. Mm -hmm. But he always drank champagne. So like everybody, you know, back in the day, you hear, you hear this place called The Tunnel. And so he used to tell Cruz, hey, go here and like buy bottles of champagne. So Cruz just have battles against himself. This one you start seeing in the videos, Moet, Cristal, all that. That's how hip hop and 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 basically champagnes become very, very close and connected. And I'm 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 still looking for them. I'm gonna find them. Yeah. I'm gonna find them. We're gonna do an interview. I don't care if it's an you Instagram. Have Dude, that would be so yes. cool. Yeah, oh, he, actually, he actually released a champagne maybe about five years ago with um with Guillaume Lamandier. Okay. And um he just dropped off the scene. I think he got into the cannabis cannabis industry, but uh Branson B, man, I'ma find you, brother. I'ma find you. And we, we, we now, now I'm like invested in this mission. <laughs> yeah, but that's 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 a true story though. He was the one um when puffy numb you know um biggest video um big papa or one more chance i'm sorry one more chance when they was in the jacuzzi he picked those champagnes out okay he the one who told them about crystal around you know uh, louis yeah. rotor's crystal and don perignon he was the one who put them onto that okay y'all yeah. getting your history a little history lesson Terrence is funny. He said Henny and Champagne Party may be for SU homecoming. Now, funny story about cognac and champagne. I went to a, a Jack Daniels event years ago, and they were serving Jack Honey. And the guy was like, have you ever mixed Jack Honey with champagne? And I was like, what? Let me tell y'all, that's a good brunch combination okay jack honey and champagne it was hitting <laughs> i honestly honestly believe like everybody if you don't know the classic classic champagne cocktails are french 75. Yes. it's typically made with gin mm -hmm. uh but in the fall yes instead of gin use cognac yes i always do that if you if you make a french 75 with cognac if you out ask for a french 75 with cognac yes. it listen it will change your life oh man I, I learned about that also a, a while ago, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't want it any other way. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I will say way. that. If you're in Houston in the summertime, you probably want to go back to gin because that cognac gets a little bit heavy in the summer, and with this yeah. heat, it hits a little bit different. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but definitely in the fall, wintertime, that cognac, French 75, yeah. is a it is that's where it's at. Yeah. And for those who don't know, if you want to know the recipe for it, if you want to make it at home, 
um, DM me or I will give the recipe to Miss Joy and we can release it on her on her site With and yeah, you guys can so make it good. yourselves. Yeah, it's very simple, very simple drink. Very it simple is drink. So good too. Yeah, you can get real lit off of that. Um, very. Said Thomas said I like my I like my hen and and he likes his crown too. Um, hey Elsie, she said, well I guess I really do like wine. <laughs> She's so funny. Um, okay, so um, shifting. Did I read that you had five little humans? Yes, yes, I do. I have the Loud House. The Loud House? Well, they the Loud House. To, they're allowing you to do this podcast. I, I, they are. I, I had to get approval. I had, I had to get approval. I had, so, to, I had to sit down. I had to sit down with my, I like to call them the commission. Yes. Yeah, basically the commission. So how um, do you I have, family life? I, I personally have, um, I have two sons. I have a 10-year-old. Um, Trey, who is my oldest, he's named after me. He's the third. Mm -hmm. um, I have Carter, who is five. Um, that's my athlete. And then uh, my fiance, my beautiful fiance, and she's the one keeping them in check. So they said they ain't just doing it on their own. Right, they being held hostage. Yeah, they being held hostage. Okay. Um, my oldest daughter, she is eighteen, and then um, my youngest daughter, she is six, and then we have one together, Christian. He's eleven. He's the he's really the wild one. That's the one yeah. we have to watch out for the most. He's oh, like Jack Jack off the Incredibles. <laughs> Um, he bounce off the wall, turn flips, turn colors. He he's a monster in himself. Oh my god! But uh, the funniest thing I, I would say about my kids, say about my kids, is this: is that um, one they are. It's not the funniest thing, but uh, they are my reason why. Yeah. And I will say for anybody that gets into not just one or anything, um, what what holds and sustain you is your reason why. And it's not for anybody to understand. Absolutely. Um, it's not something you have to share with everybody. And it's not something you want to share with everybody. And I'm very um, forefront and open. I don't show my kids on Instagram. Those who know, know. And if you don't know, there's a reason why you don't know. Hello. Um, my kids are for me. They're not for the world to know and to talk about or this, that, and the third. I'm very, very private with my children. But they are my reason. And um, I will say that the funniest thing is, um, you know, even though I, I am a sommelier, but watching them decipher wine is classic. Oh I have to. Oh my god! Listen. How do you do that? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's very simple. You know, they have we have we have plastic, you know, wine glasses and yeah. flutes, and you know, we'll give them like the Welch's. Yeah, sparkling or you know some fruit punch and i'd be like oh. okay let me know the smell uh -huh. what do you smell what do you taste i well, love it dad i smell play-doh and <laughs> sunflowers and it smells like my room on a hot wind day and i'm oh like God, your room stinks so <laughs> yeah so you oh know they God. are uh, in the making but you know the the, the 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 greatest the greatest thing is is that with them is that when I come home, or um, to see them and them to tell me that they are proud of me and that uh, they appreciate all that I do, mm -hmm. that uh, they are to know that all the work that I do, the hard work that I do, because I work a lot, that it doesn't go in vain, and they are. Um, 
they see what hard work does, what progress does when you really put your mind to it. And that's the biggest thing I want them to know is that um, no matter what obstacles it, it comes in front of you, if you believe in something, go for it. Absolutely. Even if I don't believe, I'm not going to always believe in everything that you do. But if um, the Lord says it and you believe it, you want to stand with it, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm here to back you 100%. And um, my kids do. And they, they, give me, they give me the utmost joy. That, that, that is, those, are, those are my friends. Those, those are, that, that's my gang. Okay. I love them. Stuff. Okay. So I guess a good segue into that is how do you practice Staying so positive because you are a really positive person. I appreciate that. Um, I I do, I I do. Oh, absolutely. Um, I guess, I mean, therapy, yeah, amen. Therapy, I, I, I would say, um, to the audience, um, find somebody to talk to. Um, if you don't find them there's a lot of different ways yeah. you know um therapy helps um one a good consistent prayer life uh, i pray a lot uh, a whole lot mm. uh, it's never enough prayer uh, also um having if you are you know dating somebody um having a partner that understands yeah. that makes things a lot easier I've been in a situation where I didn't have somebody to understand, who didn't understand, and, um, and then having that now, that makes a world of difference. Absolutely. Um, to a lot of people, not going to value why. It's not like you're talking about, hey, I'm trying to be a lawyer, or I'm trying to go into med school, or, you know, you know, people think wine is just something that's just fun, because you're looking from a consumer standpoint. Um, but wine business is, is great money in it. And if you're passionate about it, you can find, you can make a good, good money for yourself and create something that's long term for your family in a, in a lot of variety of different ways. Um, but having a partner understands and um, you have to grind. Um, that gets going back to what you asked me before about, you know, us African-Americans. One thing I will say is that if you don't have no hustle, don't get in this. It, it, it. That's real. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. If you don't have no hustle, don't get in this. Yeah, don't even don't even play yourself. Don't even don't even don't even play yourself. <laughs> like you you gotta have some hustle. Yeah. Because nobody's nobody's there's no not gonna be no phone calls, no DMs every day. You have to create what it is that you want. You know what I'm saying? That comes with a hustle. You know, if you don't have that, you're wasting your time. Listen, I hope y'all taking notes, okay? All right, one quick question, um, because you are the chief bubbly officer of Simply Champagne. Tell the audience what Simply Champagne is. Simply Champagne is, I, I, before I before I said, I want to give a shout out, I know my brother's online. I want to give a shout out to my big brother, Mr. Daryl Frierson. He is uh, my producer for Simply Champagne. Um, he's my one of my closest homegirls, husbands, I've known him for years. And he is, listen, when I talk about when God puts people in your circle mm. who you're like, hey, bro, you need to do this. You need to do this. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. No, like you really need to do this. Um, 
he was the motivation behind Simply Champagne. So I can't put this all on myself. I really have to give. Before I give myself, I have to give him that. Because he's been talking to me about doing this for years. Yeah. And, um, but Simply Champagne is simply a podcast to talk about um, the champagne scene in the United States um, from a champagne bar perspective, hospitality perspective, influencer perspective, festival, um, any capacity we can talk about champagne in the United States market. Um, the first season featured wine champagne bars around the United States because I think a lot of people don't understand is that there are wine bars, which I love and everybody loves, but there are bars around the country that just specialize and focus on champagne. And so we spent the first season uh, interviewing some of good friends of mine, um, new and old. And we talked about, you know, what they provide uh, as far as like champagne and sparkling. And I had some really, really dope, dope conversations. Um, but Simply Champagne is evolving. We are evolving to bigger and bigger things outside of outside of the podcast. Yes. And we do have a big announcement. Do you want to wait until the end or you want to you want to share it now? Y'all. OK. Well, we're going to wait for him to come back because I really want him to share his announcement with you guys. Why is technology playing with me today? <laughs> we are at the season finale. Why? Why? Um, okay. Hey. Yay. Okay. There we go. go. Okay. Hold on now because now it's echoing. But give me a second to bring you back in. Okay. We no got problem. you. So... Okay, I think I think we're good. Yes. Boy, the devil is a. Oh, we're not gonna let him win. Ooh, That's how I go. We're not gonna let him do that. <laughs> we will not. Uh-uh, we, we're not doing this again. Mm -mm. Okay. No, so no. you were saying before the devil was trying to interrupt your announcement. <laughs> listen, listen, the devil, the devil, listen. Never let the put the devil. Never let the devil put a period where God put a comma. Ooh. You better say that. So with that, with that being said, I want to announce on this beautiful evening, Simply Champagne is now getting into the importing industry. We will be importing champagnes into the United States market starting in January of 2024. Okay. Coming to a city near you. Especially starting in the Texas market, Houston, we have some really phenomenal champagnes coming into the market. Dallas, Austin, we'll be seeing you guys this summer. St. Louis, Louisiana, Michigan, Illinois, we'll see you guys next fall. But we have Simply Champagne, will not just be a podcast anymore, but we are definitely diving and diving to the wine import business. So I love it. Here's you guys. I love it. Congratulations to you. That Thank is so you. exciting. Thank and you. And I do have a question. Terrence been cutting up all night, but he said if you had to create your own champagne, what would be your ingredients as much as you can share? Oh, definitely. I am a I am a Mounier lover. I mm. think that Mounier fits the American palate. Um, for those who don't know who Moon, what Mounye is, Mounye is what some considered before a clone of Pinot Noir. It's a red grape. 
it's known as Miller's Pinot. Um, if you see the leaves of it, it has a very powdery substance on the leaves, um, kind of like a like little white residue. Uh, but it's a very it's much more fruit forward. Um, has very pronounced red fruit to it. Um, also, is youthful. It's not meant to be aged, which I think fits the American palate because we are eager to drink. We don't like to save anything. Yeah. We buy it, we want to drink it. We don't want to store it for a couple of days, weeks, months, years. And Mouillet fits that perfectly. Um, it's everything that Pinot is just with a little bit more punch and also a lot more bouquet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do something that is Blanc de Mouillet, du Lamont, something more left bank. It's going to be a little bit more fuller body. Um, uh, Mounier, and um, I think that something that I would age probably between three to five years, preferably five years, so we can get some of that matured note tones to it. Yeah. It's still youthful, but you know, it's going to have some mature um, Mounier tones to it. So, yes, that's that's the type of champagne. Okay. I love it. All right, I'm here for it. Okay. So now it is time for our rapid fire. And before we do our rapid fire, so mm-hmm. with you getting into imports, so do people go to the website, simplychampagne.com? Is this just for wholesale or like how, how will this work? It would be just for wholesale. Okay. Texas TABC is, is, is a crazy, uh, crazy, yeah. <laughs> crazy market. Uh, so I won't be able to sell individualistically on the um, on the website. The website will launch in January of 2024. Um, everything that you need and will find will be on the website as far as where you can try and find these our wines at. We will be doing um, events um, in the Texas market a lot in 2024. So come out, support, and try. Okay. Uh, I definitely will be going home to St. Louis. Um, doing events, uh, trying these champagnes, also in New Orleans, for mm-hmm. sure. Like I said, New Orleans, Louisiana, Texas, Missouri, Illinois, Michigan. Um, those are my key markets for sure, because those are markets that mean a lot to me personally. Yeah. Then we will venture off into other markets, Georgia, Florida, so on and so forth. But those are my major markets. So stay tuned. Go follow the page, Simply Champagne. Uh, you can follow me personally at champagne underscore master. That will yes, keep you in the chat already. So at simply champagne. Mm-hmm. All right. So drop that. Absolutely. Here as well. Okay, great. All right. So time for our rapid fire. And then I'll have some other questions, final thoughts for you. Okay. So choose one or the other. Okay. Whichever one comes to mind first. All right, so beach vacay or house on the lake? Oh, beach vacay. Okay. City or suburbs? Oh, city boy. I'm a city boy all day. Okay, all right. Hip-hop or R&B? Ooh. <laughs> I know what? I'm going to say R&B, man. Okay, all right. Okay. R&B. Rich, rich, richer history. Hip-hop is still new, but R&B is timeless. Yeah, it's nothing like R&B, especially like in the 90s. You know? Absolutely. And nothing better than that 90s R&B. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, baseball or basketball? I play baseball. <laughs> no question. No question. Uh, right. Call or text? Ooh. I would say I prefer a call. Text okay. and you're Mr. Screwed. 
<laughs> okay, okay, yeah, they do. Um, Cava or Prosecco? Eh. Hey. I would like to say the Seva, the Cava. Okay, I was like, wait a minute now. <laughs> yeah, I love me a good Cava. Okay, red wine or white wine? Ooh, I would... Mm. <laughs> That's tough, man. No. <laughs> you know what? You know what? There's a place for both. Yeah. I prefer to drink white wine by itself. Mm -hmm. I prefer to drink red wine when I'm eating a meal. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's just slide on that. Uh, brute or extra dry? Oh, brute. And I'm going to have to do a whole bunch of editing to this. I usually don't have to do editing, but we're we going to have to do it for this episode. Chop, chop it up a little bit. Um, but yes, this is the season finale for you guys watching. So I will be back January 8th. I'm going to take my break, uh, this December and then, um, yeah, come back to your screen on January 8th. So we're going to try to bring Cornelius back again. Um, I'm waiting for him to, to come back, come back on the screen. Uh, <laughs> say, get off that dial Okay. Well, we've dropped all of. <laughs> somebody said you must have an Android. Well, we've dropped all the links in the in the chat. Um, and then follow Cornelius on Champagne underscore Master and at Simply Champagne. Listen to his podcast. Be the first to know when he drops the import uh, business and the website. And uh, we're going to, I'll see you guys next year. And then I'll be sure to drop a snippet and drop um, how this Prosecco tastes um, from Issa Ray on Instagram at Sip With Joy. So also follow me there. Thanks for joining Cornelius. I'll see you later.